gentlemen, this is the Cheats Movement Podcast. I am your host, Cheats. I am joined, as always, by my sister, Gigi Broadway. Gigi, how you feeling? Cheats, I feel good. We back. I missed you, bro. Gigi, man, it's been how it's been a since March of 2020. So it's it's October of 2021. Since That's March crazy. of 2020, you and I have not had a show like this where we've actually had a real podcast, a real show, a real topic to discuss. I am so excited to be back. I'm so excited to be with you, although via Zoom and virtual. It's it, you know it's not like we're not we're like we're back together as we always have been. Hey, I'm rocking virtually right. Now. You know what I'm saying it's better than nothing. Better it's than better nothing. than nothing. I'm so excited. Um, I'm so excited, man. And we have so much to discuss on on this episode of the podcast. We have one casino talk. That's why we're here. That's the topic of the day. The one casino in Richmond. It's a proposal that you've been hearing about. I don't know how much you've been hearing about it. I know I've been hearing a lot about it. If you live in the city of Richmond, it's on the ballot this November, along with the governor's race, lieutenant governor's race, attorney general, House of Delegates. Uh, man, what have you been hearing, man? What have you been hearing, Gigi, about the about the Richmond Casino proposal? I mean, it, it's it's a little bit of a conflicting types of energy going on with the casino proposal. I'll be honest, you know, I, I'm hearing some great things like, uh, yeah, you know, it's going to create great economic, you know, financial hoopla all over the city. You know, the conspiracy theorist in me is like <laughs> BS. You know what I'm saying? I feel it's like a what? third of the numbers are probably what? inflated. Man. Yeah, I think I, I think whatever they say, take a third of that. And just get rid of it. I think they're over exaggerating. You starting you know? all. You starting already. You starting <laughs> already. And I'm sorry, but I've heard a lot too, man. And I've heard you know the the interesting thing, and why I really think it's important to have this discussion, is that mm-hmm. everything I've heard, one way or the other, is like flames, flames, flames. It's like flame throwing as, as such a polarizing topic. I haven't heard a lot of, like I guess information, a lot of like discussions i've heard a lot of like this is either going to be the best thing for richmond or this is going to be the worst thing for richmond and i haven't heard a lot of in between and so what we've done and what i'm so excited about for today's episode is that we have two dear friends one is a pro casino per both very informed uh one is pro casino and i'm excited to have lisa spiller on she's she's doing everything she can to make this casino happen. I know Lisa's a longtime friend of yours. I think we we first met. We first met Lisa. I met her through you. Um, and I've got a dear friend of mine, community activist, Alan Chipman, Alan Charles Chipman, Legacy Jones, you might know him as, who has been very strong uh, on the anti-casino side. Both of these individuals are extremely informed on the topic. Um, and I know that they're, you know, like I said, they're friends to our show. They're friends to us. So this is the perfect opportunity to have a real discussion on both sides uh, about this casino debate. Before we really get into it, let me ask you one question. W- what do you hope to hear? Well, so we got pro casino on coming on. We got anti-casino coming on. 
what's your hope? What do you hope to hear in regards to this casino proposal? All right. So I'm leaning, I'm more of on the anti side. And I said that like loosely, I'm very much on the anti side. Let me be clear. <laughs> oh, geez. But, <laughs> no, but, but in all fairness, I would love to hear, cause I'm like, you know, if we're going to do this thing, I want to feel good about it or as good as I can. So I would love to hear things that will just make me feel a little better. You know what I'm saying? Just ease my concerns, my tensions and make me feel a little bit better. If we're rocking with this thing. You know what I mean? Just make me feel better about it. That's a good point. I mean, I, 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 I think I just on, on following the proposal, I think generally I have a general understanding of the pros and cons, mm -hmm. but I, I want to hear probably even just a little bit more of the details on both sides, on both sides of the discussion. Like I want to get into some of the, some of the nuts and bolts of underbelly. Cause I think a lot of the times mm -hmm. where Richmond gets, um, gets in trouble is that we hear all of the top line stuff, whether it's Redskins training facility, whether it's Navy Hill, like we hear all the top line stuff, whether it's good or bad. And then we base our dec decisions off the top line stuff. And a yeah. lot of it's hard to really see if it's going to work because of estimates, but I'm excited to see if we can get a little bit. I've, we got a lot of questions from uh, folks that came on Facebook or folks that, um, sent me some questions on Twitter or send me some questions in my DMs about what to ask. So we're going to get right into it. Before we do, we have one super, super quick. It's not even, Gigi, it's not even a real announcement yet. It's a, it's a, it's a partial announcement. Um, okay. But it, because we were planning for a hardcore like announcement of a soft announcement on November 1st. But since we have your attention now, I've got to let you know that we're excited to let you guys know that the Cheats Movement Podcast Network is coming, um, a full network of podcast shows, not just our podcast, but we've linked up with several shows uh, of friends in the Richmond area. And what you can do right now is you can go to the Cheats Movement Podcast Network.com, put in your email and let us know what you're interested in. And we'll start to build our family because the idea of this whole thing is that you're going to be a hundred percent fully in our family. So join the family, welcome to the family, and you're going to be hearing content from some of the best podcasts around, especially in this region. I'm so excited about building this whole network of content centered around uh, the family and the things that the family does. So the cheats movement podcast network.com. Go there, sign up. Very excited that you'll start to see content uh, on the network probably by the end of this year, as soon as uh, 2022 gets underway, we'll have our full slate of shows and, and more shows. So we're excited about it. So Super excited. It's, it's a big time. It's a big time. So with that said, and no further ado, uh, we're going to ask our very special guests to come on. I am so excited uh, to have and really honored to have dear friends, um, Lisa Spiller and Alan Charles Chipman. Please uh, come on to the video screen so the world can see you. What's good? What's good? How's everybody feeling? Feeling good. good. Glad to be with you all. Yeah, glad to be here. Good to see everybody. Man, I am. I'm excited to have this conversation. And um, I've heard a lot, as you could you know, Gigi and I both have heard a lot about the one casino and the proposal 
uh, and people that are for it and people that are against it. We have a lot of questions. So we want to spend probably the next 35, 40 minutes or so um, really diving into um, the one casino proposal here in Richmond, why we think it's good, why we think, uh, well, some of, you know, what, what are the opposition to it? Um, and then we'll just have a really good exchange. I, I try to tell people before we really get deep down into this, I kind of view this as a dialogue and a discussion. It's not a debate. It's not an argument. Um, your side, <laughs> whatever side you're on, you'll probably walk <laughs> away feeling pretty good, but I want you guys, I want everybody to be informed. Right. And I think Gigi feels the same way. And so I want to start with Lisa, uh, Lisa Spiller representing the one casino, like I said, has been in this industry now for a while doing, doing some really big things. And, and um, I've followed the trajectory of her career um, and, you know, it, it, it's, it's really commendable. So uh, I know she's extremely informed on this topic and I'll start with you, Lisa, welcome to the show and tell the people what we need to know about the one casino and why you feel uh, it's such an important project for Richmond. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll start with the basics, right? I, I don't want to go through the proposal that I'm sure that everybody has seen the PowerPoint <laughs> presentation, the slide deck. That's not, that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about what one is going to do for the city of Richmond, you know, and I will, I will tell you, um, Chiefs, thank you for that introduction. Um, and for those of you who do know me, you know, my background has always been committed to communities. It has always been uplifting people. It has always been in the lane of improving our economic and our socioeconomic development for, for individuals. So I wanna say first, first and foremost, this casino uh, entertainment complex, entertainment venue is going to bring to Richmond, real simply, to start out jobs. Okay, without even getting into nuts and bolts, they're gonna take. There's gonna take three thousand people to build it. Okay, it's gonna take fifteen hundred people to run it because this is this is this is a business. There will be, in addition to the casino, so let's step away from that. There will be an entertainment venue. There will be a a, a, a sound stage, sound studio where you know local yeah Gigi I saw you nope. perk up I saw right. you perk up when I said that You're so to the a sound studio that we don't we don't have that right now in Richmond and I'll just give you some statistics on that it's going to be 15,000 square feet we've already committed $50,000 um and you know that's with Urban One 50 I'm sorry 50 million dollars to original programming from Urban One broadcast radio and digital and we're going to offer the city 25 million in, in advertising, but this this on-site radio, TV, and soundstage will be open to artists like you, podcasts like you know like what we're what we're doing right now. This will give an opportunity and a venue for that. In addition to what we call the Rise Theater, so the Rise Theater will bring in Live Nation. We'll have about I think it's about 3,000 is the capacity for that about 200 annual live shows a year. So we're looking at probably about 250,000 plus tickets annually. So, and we're looking at all types of artists. And for any of you all that have traveled and gone into uh, entertainment venues such as this, you know, it can go from Tim McGraw to Mary J, you know, to, to Eric Clapton, to you name it, to even local folks. So, so that's what's important. Um, 
Secondly, it's gonna offer the south side of Richmond, 55 acres of green space. That is actual park development area that will not be, that will not be the, the actual facility will be there, but this is pure green space, parks, playgrounds, walking trails that we will, we, one casino will manage, uh, you know, develop it and do all of those things. So, so I will say, that's what I see if you want to just want to just take it off the cuff with the first few things. But also I want to say another thing is that we're going to offer 15 restaurants and we've already partnered with local restaurants, Southern Kitchen, Mama J's, you know, um, Eat Partners, which is Chris Way, which is, you know, Fat Dragon, Red Salt. That's mm. that's his brand. That's what he does. Mm. Perch. You know, so we we have we have come into this project saying, how can we make this Richmond? How can we make this about Richmond? How can we uplift Richmond? So I'll tell you, that's why I'm for this project. Um, I am for it because of the economic opportunities that it's offering to the city of Richmond and the development, the future development opportunities that will be there as well. Let so me ask. Let me ask a question because I've heard it in the talking points and I want, uh, before we go to Alan as well, I want to, I want to hear it from you to make sure I'm right. This is a hundred percent privately financed casino. Is that right? It will not take any aspect of city funds. Nothing from the city. Zero. The city will not pay anything towards the building of this, the operation of this, nothing. What about the state? Anything from the state, anything, from, it's all private. This is all private. Um, in addition to that, this fun, this uh, the project is, you know, fully funded. We've got, uh, I think we're probably close to 60 uh, independent investors, diverse investors uh, in the project that are local. They're not, you know, they're people, people like me, people like, you know, Gigi that are invested in this project and we are able to, to be a part of it. So that's also something there's not, you know, the city doesn't have to come up with TIF. I know I've heard that come up before. There's mm-hmm. none of that tied to this project. This is 100% already funded. And um, and last thing, because I know it's going to sell, but I want to get through the talking points so we don't have to sure. go through them. Yeah, I can run will this, down. Will this, be the, this, will this be the first African-American owned casino in the nation? Is that what it is? This is not the first African-American-owned casino in the nation. There has been an African-American-owned casino in the past. It is no longer operational. So this will be the only existing casino, African-American-owned casino entertainment complex of this type in the country. Okay. So Let me bring Alan in because I know I want, I want to try to give as much equal time as possible. I'm not keeping my... <laughs> I'm not keeping my watch on uh, and Gigi jump in when you need to, but I want to bring Alan in because uh, Alan, like I said, as well is a dear friend. um, And I know him to be a a community activist that to me is is different than a lot of folks in the sense that Alan always has like empirical data. It's Alan's is an interesting activist because he actually has, you know, he always has, you know what we feel is what we would consider moral arguments, but he also always seems to back back up his uh, his information with with data points that I, you, just to be for lack of a better term doesn't isn't always the case. 
when we're talking about hot and button community issues, right? Um, so, Alan, I want to give you, uh, you've been long outspoken um, against this particular, uh, this particular plan, this particular casino. Um, and I've actually recently seen uh, your video and vignette as well um, that's out on social media opposed to the casino. So let me ask you almost in a similar way that I asked Lisa, um, what what is the message you're trying to get out? What what do you think this casino will bring if it comes or why do you not want it to come? Yeah, so I, I, I want to be clear first that also I was against all of the casinos proposed. Um, uh, the first time I heard about casinos in Richmond was I think the Pamunkey tribe was doing a uh, town hall meeting at Oak Grove Bell meet. And I saw that the community overwhelmingly was against that. Um, uh, and so then when I saw the city had their survey about casinos and what something that was missing was the, the ability to say, we don't want one. Right. And so uh, I think, um, and, and again, as I've said publicly before, if, if this was uh, one resort, I'd be driving the van around and supporting, and you might see a vignette for the other side, but unfortunately uh, I know people say it's more than a casino, but unfortunately, it's nothing less than a casino. And unfortunately, casinos are uh, uh, predatory. Uh, at least nine independent studies have verified that uh, at, le at least 40 to 60 percent of revenues come from problem gamblers, even though they might be a small percentage because there aren't protections in place, uh, such as pre-commitments on spending, limits on uh, machines that typically the people that are severely addicted end up driving up most of the revenues. And I want to be made clear as well, because when we talk about problem gamblers, sometimes people think, oh, it's just poor people. But there are people who are uh, higher up in the uh, financial uh, brackets who also make terrible life decisions and, and actually uh, leads to crimes such as embezzlement. And so when you, when you look at states like Connecticut, who had a 400% increase in embezzlement after gambling came, uh, people started to see that people were feed to feed their habit. They were starting to embezzle from their companies. And so we've had cities have said sometimes $30 million in these financial crimes start to appear after casinos appeared to the point that I think I think it was in Winchester, Connecticut, uh, the chief financial officer of the city started embezzling stuff from the city because they were so addicted. And so we we have to be clear about what these things do. And even even when you think about the, the heads of the company of, of the most luxurious casino resort casinos that they try to say, like Steve Wynn, who says the only way to win in a casino is to own one. And he's not talking about ownership stake. It's talking about it's talking about that saying about the house always wins. And so a lot of times people think about Ocean's Eleven and the one arm bandits and these types of things. But really, there's a real sophisticated uh, psychological uh, uh, approach that these machines take uh, that that. Uh, is actually designed for uh, addiction and, and, and that casinos can actually set what they call the return percentage. So they can say, hey, this, is, this isn't this is about random uh, chance. This is about what a designer programmed. And when you look at different programmers, there's one programmer who calls himself the Wizard of Odds because he's contracted to create all these things. Um, he actually sets the return percentage and people really are just sitting in front of a well-designed Excel spreadsheet that has very, you know, set returns, right? We even think about uh, uh, one of some of the addiction, there's a psychologist called B.F. Skinner that ran tests on when people sit at levers and, and, and get random results that it becomes a very much uh, addictive process to the point that even the DSM-5, the Diagnostic and Statistics Manual, which really much uses uh, what counselors diagnose uh, disorders for, for the first time in its history, actually added gambling addiction 
as a substance abuse, even though it's not technically a substance. So it's right in there next to heroin and uh, <laughs> cocaine and all the other things that have plagued our communities. And so uh, it, it really is, uh, unfortunately, rigged gaming. Uh, and and I, I try to say that respectfully, but when you look at the data and how these things are actually designed, they are very much set that way and, and that it, it, it helps, it uh, targets the elderly, it tell, targets uh, the poor as well. It also increases the chances. You have a 10% chance, uh, I think this is a report out of Buffalo, about a 10%, uh, you're 10 times more likely to become addicted to gambling when you're in the vicinity of a casino as well. And so uh, my questions about this is as far as the revenue, right, is more so uh, on the front end, like, like Kanye said, houseway, right? Because we talk about the revenue, but how is this being generated at whose expense and what is left in the, in the, in the wake of that? And so there was a report uh, by the Institute of American Values that actually shows that casinos do contribute some sort of revenue, but in the long term, do the social impacts that they have, they actually cost cities three times more than what they input. And then also those revenues aren't always consistent. I mean, we talked about the first Black-owned casino. It, 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 it went into bankruptcy, right? So, so we also have to talk about uh, the things that kind of happen with that. So on the, and then when we think about how, right, and this kind of rigged predatory uh, system that's kind of there, uh, then we talk about the revenue. So for example, if uh, I tell some, if I tell Mark, Mark, I'm gonna give you $20 and I put all over the city, I'm gonna give you $20 and you run a campaign that says, Alan's gonna give me $20, but I don't tell you I'm gonna take 60, right? for the social impacts that it's going to cost you, right? You will really have a great campaign to talk about a $40 deficit, right? But if you focus on the revenues instead of focusing on what the social impacts are going to be. And then there's also, when we're talking about chances, uh, and this is no fault of the casino, right? But we have to talk about where in the uh, funding priority has the South Side been and how the city has allocated money, right? So we even have, and I know my friend, Dr. Jones is for the casino, but I was in a city council meeting with him and we were talking about, uh, we were trying to get a, a dedicated funding for the South side and they weren't even willing to make that commitment uh, with federal money and, and, and how in the capital improvements process uh, budget uh, that it's been inequitably funded. And so revenue is, is simply taking money and giving it to now a majority white council and trusting that they'll do the right thing. When in the last budget process, they haven't done the right thing by city council. And so a lot of the revenues, the key word is can and not shall. I, I, let, let me, let me ask, um, because it, it, it's kind of the, one of the first audience questions that I got. And I think that's a good, um, a good primary into this discussion. Alan, what do you say to folks that say, Hey, look, uh, sports books are here in Virginia now. Rosie's is here in Virginia now. Colonial Downs is here in Virginia. So gaming is here. The idea that now we have an opportunity or the one casino presents an opportunity for it to be black owned, for it to focus on Southside, for it to focus on um, uh, um, a desperate area that hopefully would focus on black and brown people. What's your counter to the fact that gaming's here, but now we're opposed to something that would uplift the black and brown community and uplift the South Side? Well, number one would be if gaming's already here and we don't see the windfall, what's going on with that, right? And then also uh, uh, revenue generation versus revenue allocation are two completely different uh, conversations. And so uh, again, the, the questions that we're raising and, and, and the opportunities we had, I mean, I, I told my friend, 
you know, Councilman Jones said, look, now that people are supposedly focused on Southside, why don't you put in a resolution to say that a majority of it is of, of the casino funds are going to be used for Southside and the majority of the ARP funds will be used to fix the infrastructure problems. Uh, the first one we did, we said we want at least 60 percent of ARP. They weren't comfortable with naming a percentage, so they weren't committed to it. Uh, and the other one never made it out of the committee. I think it's still sitting in a queue. So, so you have this marketing message where they're on TV and all the people are saying, we can do this, but when you actually put them to actually make a commitment towards it, they don't have the, 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 the umption, I guess, to really do that. Uh, and so I think it's also important to talk about uh, the difference between uh, resort casinos where they're really, they're really built on keeping people within the building, right? The longer that people stay, within the building and the more that they play, uh, the more that they lose. And so that's why you have certain acts. And, and you know, when you look at the key marketers of the casino industry, like Steve Sear, uh, they, they, <laughs> who describes himself as a chief harpoonist, right? Who's talking about he, there's, his, his job is to lure people to uh, their uh, casino and to give them certain perks. And then we have to talk about the competitiveness because a lot of people pitch themselves as these resort destination casinos, but when they can't compete with uh, the MGMs and the wins and the people who the high rollers typically go to because there are more perks, then they turn to the people in the community as really their core base. And when we think about a lot of the competing um, uh, processes uh, or even like the different uh, casino proposals, right? There's supposed to be some in Danville and some other places mm -hmm. uh, all within Virginia. And they're all running from these same numbers, right? The question is, how much of that? How much of the is there going to be a cannibalistic feature within I'm, the? I'm going to I'm going to stop you right there because I, I sure. actually heard that argument as well, and I want Lisa to respond, um, or I want Lisa to kind of give us some details yeah. on that. Um, two questions for you, Lisa. Um, one is that specific question because I heard that it's not just one. Um, Richmond Casino being proposed in Virginia, but several others, and everybody's using the same numbers. Um, and so there's going to be a cannibalistic uh, aspect to the projections. But the other thing I want to ask you, and more importantly, is do we have examples of where similar projects like the One Casino has worked and has uplifted communities and other, uh, you know, similar geographic areas as the South Side? Uh, like, so uh, I've always wanted, to, I'm always interested to see, like, and this might be a bad example, but I've been to the MGM in DC, like the, like I've been there. So I'm trying to think like now that we have, you know, places like that, I'm not, I don't know if this will be the MGM like, but it, it has it been proven to be a really good example to bring in revenue and uplift communities and do the things that the one casino says in their proposal. Right. So first, first things first, the, let's talk about the, the multiple casinos that are coming. Uh, let's, let's answer that question first. So, um, uh, Cheech, you know that the General Assembly passed the legislation allowing for four licenses of casinos in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Mm -hmm. So that is why we now have a casino in Danville, Bristol. Well, it's not there yet, but they had their referendums last year. So that happened. So Danville, Bristol, Portsmouth, and Norfolk all ran these same referendums that we're running in Richmond last year. Their selection process may have been a little bit different, but the referendum process ran the same, same type of way. So when you're saying that they're using the same numbers, I'm not sure what numbers that they're using, but I know that in order for us to generate any numbers, we have had studies done to actually come up with 
who will be drawn, to who will be coming and, you know, based on location and that type of thing. So I would imagine that that's required of everyone because there's no, each jurisdiction in the Commonwealth is very different. Norfolk, you know, where they're situated is it's near the stadium, it's on the water. So you've got a, a lot of different landscapes when you look at the five locations for this. Um, there was something that um, Alan said a, a couple minutes ago that I just wanted to, to talk to really quickly because it's going to lead into your point about uplifting the community in sure. the South. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think he led off by saying, you know, this is not the casinos this issue, the history of what has happened in Richmond and, and the fact that the 8th and the 9th District have not been as well developed as the other parts of the city. So what we, what we propose in order to be able to help with that is, the, is to bring, to put this in that location where individuals can get to work, where they can go to work and they can have a job where they're going to be paid a living wage. And when I say that, I'm talking $55,000 a year. So I'm not trying to sit here and quote a bunch of, you know, off kilter things, but the bottom line is putting it there, it makes it, you know, accessible for employment to the eighth and the ninth district. It is, um, let me ask you this. Do you know where it's located? <laughs> GG me? And I do. Yeah. Okay, so so hey, if you were, <laughs> that's what we, that's the first thing we talk about is yeah, where well, it's located. So on the location, yes. And again, this is Gigi. This is going to come off sound like I'm a hater, and I'm not a hater. <laughs> I, I want to be as I want to be as fair as humanly possible when it comes okay. to this. But I I feel like when it came to the location, okay. um. They, they strategically, and I think appropriately, selected a location that was going to get the least amount of opposition and resistance because oh. the South Side had no. been... No, no, no. Oh, no, you can tell me I'm no. wrong. I'm with, I'm no, with no, you. No, no, no. But it was like... Because no, no, at one point it was like, no, 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 oh, is it going to be over my movie land? It ain't going to be over a movie land in the second district or in the third district. It was like, yo, let me get my people... No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Wait a minute. Tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me why I'm wrong. I understand. Press pause. We got to press pause on that. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> because let me explain something to you about that, right? You know, the one you, thing. Don't tell me. You, you have heard that though, right? You, I'm, not, I'm not crazy. Have I heard it? Yeah. You haven't heard that? that the, the, the reason why it's on South Side is because it won't go get nowhere else? No, I've not heard that. Okay. My bad. My bad. My bad. I have, no, my bad. I haven't heard it. I haven't heard it. Okay. Because okay. Let okay. Explain, let me explain. Now, locating there, let me explain something to you. Okay. First of all, the issue with all of the other locations, with the exception of, I think it was Movie Land, it was like, in a neighborhood. By the yeah, yeah, right. you know, true, true facts, facts. With the exception of everything else, it was smack dab in the middle of somebody's community. Right. You know, this is a destination, right? This is a destination. This is a place where people will go. You know, it's not, you know, they're not putting it like directly in somebody's you know, front yard, backyard, whatever you want to call it, neighborhood. So for us, strategically locating in a place that needs development, not just the district that needs development, this is right beside Philip Morris. Right. Okay, so this is right off of the Bells Road exit. You drive down, you know, a little ways, and it's down, you know, off of 95. It's strategically at the intersection of 95. One exit right off, right into where the property is going to be located. So, and the closest neighborhood is two miles away. 
And for, for a neighborhood to be two miles away in the city of Richmond, that's, that's impossible. A, impossible. Yes, it's virtually impossible to right. find that. So you, first of all, you need land mass. You need a place where you can build it. So when you look at Richmond, how how you know how large of a of a destination are you creating? You need acreage, and for us to do something which was really important, which was to be able to have some type of park atmosphere, we had to find a location that was suited to that, and that's why we're where we are, you know. And why everybody else located where they located, I'm sure they you know. <laughs> why Danville and Bristol and everybody picked where they picked, that's fine. But we strategically looked at an area where we knew that we could build the type of product that we wanted to build out there with the type of green space uh, that was also an area that was being developed. Talk to me about the, the other part two of that, where it was like examples part of where this has worked like examples of it's been a real positive well, I think like you were saying when you go into an area like up in um you know up in maryland well it's maryland people call it dc but that area look at oh, what inner harbor the inner harbor look at the look at the inner harbor and you mentioned hey yeah i go to mgm i you know you go there i i i went to mgm too but i went to mgm to see a concert i went there i saw bruno mars i went in did, saw the concert, left. So no, I saw I saw a boxing match. Yeah. So so I heard a statement that you know like these types of if it was just an entertainment destination that would be different. It is an entertainment destination, and people have the ability. If if you are someone who wants to go see a show, you'll go see a show. If you're someone who wants to go there and you want to you know play you know blackjack or whatever you'll play blackjack but i i firmly believe that individuals should have that ability to make a choice of what their entertainment is i hear the concerns just just to put a little caveat out there i'm a registered nurse i've been a registered nurse for 25 years so but i understand addiction substance abuse i understand all, all of these things, one of the things that we're putting in place is we're gonna have mental health professionals as a part of our team that are designed and educated in this lane of, of gaming, gambling, and that type of thing. So, you know, I heard, I heard that statement when you made it, so I just wanted to put that part out there, but there will be so much more. If you want to compare what the other jurisdictions are getting in comparison to what we're doing here in Richmond, I mean, we have a commitment to the city that 50% of the jobs will go to minorities. And that's- how, how, That's a great, that's a great point. How, how is that a commitment like that? Because I, I argued and lobbied when they were talking about past projects in Richmond, Navy Hill in particular, I was like, can't we make a commitment that these jobs are going to minority yeah. contractors. And they, right. they at the time, the argument was they couldn't make those commitments because it's, I don't know if it was illegal or they couldn't put them in code, but this I've heard Supreme that. Court case. Okay, but so, but I've heard that, how, how, because that's great. If that is, that's right. the case, how do right. we, how do we ensure that that's these minority contractors the, are gonna get That's part of the community benefits agreement with the city. So that is, that is, you know, of course, you know, our goal, of course, is to offer, you know, job, job training, job education, job fairs in that in that area, which will help empower us to be able to honor that commitment. And we have a goal of 60% local hiring, which is mm -hmm. another thing, you know, we, we want to hire local, 
because it's one thing to say hey, we're going to open, we're going to have these jobs, but we want to, we have a commitment there. Um, as far as the development and like the building of the building and the construction and, and the jobs that are tied to that, which is about 3000 jobs, you know, there is a, we have a minority hiring goal and I'm sure everybody's familiar with you. you that is something that is, you know, you, someone monitors that and that's at 40%. So 40% contracting. So, you know, we, Late, but I was just going to take a quick station break, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Cheats Movement Podcast. I am here. I'm your host, Cheats. Gigi Broadway is here. Gigi, how you feeling? Conflicted. <laughs> Period. I thought I was going to come out this with a more stronger stance on one way or another, but I think I think they did such a good job with like They're doing compelling an amazing facts. job. They're doing an amazing yeah. job. Do you have yeah. any burning questions on the top before we get back into uh, our guests? Do you have any burning questions that we should we, we need to hit on? Absolutely. I do have um, two burning questions because Alan did a great job and he confirmed basically all of my suspicions, all of my doubts and everything that <laughs> negatively <laughs> S- suspicions. Us, right. <laughs> like, for real. He, great job. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm, I'm very suspicion, uh, suspicious about, you know, a, a few things. But Lisa, when I say you 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 drop some compelling facts, you had me. I, I'm in. I'm in. I, I'm, I'm almost bought in. What's your, what's your question? What's your question, Gigi? I'm almost bought in. Now, my thing is, OK, so the increase of crime. And now when you said they defactored in some mental health professionals, that is amazing because I, I was, you know, curious about that, too. And to hear that that, you know, was considered in regards to part of the proposal. Great. Um, has there been any uh, consideration with the increase of law enforcement or some type of security? Well, I know, you know, of course, I'm assuming there's going to be some security in regards to the establishment, but as an overall kind of safeguard for the increase of crime around the community so first let me just say this uh there is and i and i i I can see you know my 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 friend here ready to speak to this as well but (laughs) there there has been and i and i know you know we're here to talk about one casino but there has been no documented proof of the increase in crime related to a casino i will share this because i can do this comparison um, there's a, a, an a unbelievable amount of security to a venue to let, like this. There are cameras, there are, so there's surveillance, there's security. You mentioned security. So we, we would have our own one security team, right? In addition right. to that, we always partner with the location, the locality, the local police department, off-duty officers as needed. Uh, this particular property will have a station there where officers can go and and be in existence you know if they need to be in there it's not a police station but it's a you know um a location there um that they can do that and i do have a couple of statistics just if we wanted to talk about that but before we get there because it's kind of bringing in other things you know we operate an establishment that the goal is for everyone to feel safe so you have to think about that. If if you want people to uh, to come to your venue, they won't come if there's crime. Why would I drive anywhere to go to an event and I'm risking, you know, harm or or any of those things? So 
that is that's something that's a topic that's talked about all the time. You know, you know, public safety challenges um, are always brought up in this nature of the business. But you know, for for this particular property, where this particular property is, and and how we plan to have our security team set up and how we will have a partnership with the city of Richmond Police Department, surveillance and all of these things to ensure the safety of anyone attending, you know, anything at our venue, you will be safe. Okay. Al, what's your, uh, Al, listen, no, that's a good point. I was gonna make, I was gonna make an inappropriate joke only because, uh, well, no, wasn't it just yesterday the chief of police was like, we don't have any cops. <laughs> I think it was. I think no, it was yesterday. No, I'm yes, I was in that meeting. I was in that he meeting. He did not say that. He said he, he didn't, didn't have any cops. He, he didn't say we didn't have any cops. He said, "No, I'm just. I'm, it's a podcast, Lee. So we got. We got to. We got to give the people what they want. The moment. So it's a more, it's a, the morale he said is low. It was about the Citizens Review Board. Okay, okay, and he, he said, said the morale is low. Understaffed. They did say they were. No, they said they were understaffed. Right. They did. They said they were understaffed and morale was low and morale was only going to get worse. And those poor police officers <laughs> with open investigations on them can't transfer to another right, place. Right, right. Just I don't, don't want to lose. Oh, man. Man. Hey, look, look, look. I don't want to lose. How unfortunate. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is not the point. This is not the point. We're, we're uh, not I, would, I would like to say as well, I hope the morale in the department gets better. That's what I, I will say that on record. I hope the morale in the department gets better, and I hope the community relations around policing in general get better because that's what is needed yeah. at this time. It's a very sensitive time. I don't want to make light of it, but Absolutely. let's talk about security. Let's talk about uh, Alan. What I mean is 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 that adding up in in your eyes in regards to? I know we talked a lot about your concerns around addiction. Are there concerns around public safety? I mean, there are costs uh, for for uh, crime that kind of happens as well. And so, again, um, uh, I think the crime people think about may not always be, you know, it's not going to be like uh, Ocean's Eleven. Somebody's pulling up and trying to <laughs> rob something. But typically the crime that happens I think of. is people develop uh, gambling addictions. And in order to meet those, they then, you know, take money from somebody, take something from their job, start embezzling things. Right. So the types of crimes that you see that are correlated to it, you know, aren't the typical, and we, we can be real, like stereotypical, like, oh, you know, how do people, it's not those, those types of, of, of crimes. But, but, you know, part of, part of this proposal is, is um, in involving Richmond Police Department in some things as well. And so, you know, one of my friends, Savarius Spinks, in the first community meeting talked about what would be the cost of increase to the city for those types of things. And, and, and you know, the, the answer that was given kind of wasn't that there was a, there wasn't a definite calculation that was kind of made there. So, but it's, it's not, it's not foreign for the types of, again, when I talk about, I'm giving you 20, but I, but, you know, uh, I'm going to take uh 40, whatever, when we talk about those types of things, uh, it's it's similar to the types of uh, social impacts and things that cost cities. Um, one thing I also want to talk about, too, is is when we're talking about gambling addiction and the services and, the, and especially the proposal that's given by, by Casino One, it's, it's, a, it's a typical one that you see that kind of says, well, we believe in responsible gaming. And if somebody senses that they have an addiction, they can put their name on a list and they can't come back. But I think it's important to note, um, typically, uh, what what is proposed uh, is typically limits that on people so that on, on whether it's on machines or, or or spending limits so that people aren't coming in and wasting their entire thing. And, and just to give an example of a study that showed how hard it is for gambling addiction addicts to actually seek help. They actually did a we're going to talk about those crimes that happen within gambling. So when I actually did a study of 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 people who were incarcerated 
for crimes they committed due to their gambling addictions, whether it's theft, whether it's embezzlement, all these other types of things. And they're asking these people, you know, uh, would you do, would you agree that you have a gambling addiction problem? Here are these people who are sitting in prison for fee, doing actions to feed their gambling addiction problem. And they, and uh, 80% of them said no. <laughs> right. So I, mean, I, like, I think the key word there, there was addiction, right? I mean, honestly, if you, if you right. ask an alcoholic, are they an alcoholic? Most of them will be like, I can control it or, right. or vice versa. So I, I get it, but it, I also, it, but, but like the it. problem is the problem with that Mark is that, uh, people can have a problem and can can be losing a lot of money before they get to the point of uh, saying, well, now that I'm bankrupt and now that I'm uh, divorced and now that I'm whatever, I think my name should be on the list. Right. Versus, you know, some of the some of the proposals that have come from from different places around the world and within the states to talk about. Can we have things such as a simple things as a pre-commitment form? Right. You say like, hey, this is how much I'm coming here to spend. Uh, can there be limits on how much? Because. These can be tracked. When you go to a casino, you typically get a card and they they are able to track how much you spend, what are your favorite games, how much you typically spend. So they all have the information available to them to implement these protections. But typically what happens is their responsible gaming uh, thing simply says that, well, at the end, <laughs> when they finally recognize whatever, they can put their name on a list. But mostly 80% of people who are spending in a way that's detrimental to their own uh, 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 financial freedom, right, uh, typically don't recognize it until it is far too late or the costs are extremely high. Or, or even we talk about many people do not come and get help. And unfortunately, you know, people with gambling addiction are about 14 to 15 times higher likely for suicide, because when they come to the recognition of what has happened, it's typically too late. And so I, in a lot of these meetings, I even talked with, you know, Mr. Liggins, when we were in that uh, meeting about what is the hesitancy of just taking some of these things, because if it, it really is about entertainment, we just want people to have a good time. Why not input some of those protections uh, okay. in order to um, do those things? Because one thing, you know, Mr. Liggins essentially told me, I'm not going to make people fill out a credit form. But what he unfortunately did not share is that, you know, he has a 5% ownership stake in MGM. And they do these things called market limits. So they actually make people fill out credit forms and all the things that could be protected to actually loan people more money in order to do that. And in Massachusetts, two casinos were so aggressive with this that when they were loaning money out to, to gamblers, um, they actually started putting liens on people's houses because the addiction got that much out of hand. So I'm, 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 just, I'm just stating There's when we talk problem. about that, we have uh, to talk about the effectiveness, the effectiveness because who is who are these protections here to protect, right? Is to protect the profit of those who are coming to the establishment or of the institution. And so we we have to talk about, and this is something again. Wait a second, wait a second, Alan, because there's a lot to unpack, and I don't want to unpack it all because I want no, no, because I we've got about ten minutes left. Oh, yeah, no. GG no. Broadway. We have we we have we have gg broadway we have a podcast that we have to maintain but we got about 10 minutes left and there's so many questions from the audience that i want to get to a couple of them and i know lisa has charged me in the bed to get i just want to clarify one point one all right point. clarify one point but one i got point. i got rapid fire i think he mentioned and i saw gg's expression i think he mentioned that uh alfred didn't disclose his ownership in mgm no, 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 that's not what I said. Okay, because she, no, no, no. she, she I didn't say that. I, oh. I, I was saying he was he was making it seem as if collecting information from people who come to your establishment are somehow impossible. And I was saying 
that's not entirely true because right. they do that in order to loan people more money. That's what I was saying. I wasn't saying that he's can, some secret holder and he. No, I can you know, tell too. Um, they keep track of certain things because if you win a lot, they cut you off really quick, right? They well, not really mm -hmm. quick, but if you win a lot, not see if you're card counting and all this. No, other no, no, no yeah, like no, no, no. This is this is just regular casino one hundred and one. If you yeah. if you constantly beat the book. Especially in places like Vegas, oh, and like, oh, yeah. they can oh, they yeah. can stop they can stop you from yeah. oh, right. limit your bets or stop you from betting. Yeah, I've never I've never amount, been start getting high I've roller. Perks I've too, never so. been in that predicament because I I don't win enough. But one day, <laughs> God willing. Um, yeah. No. Okay. There, there, so there are elements some, to track people. That's 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 some, all I was saying. I got some rapid fire that I really hold on, do. cheese. Hold on, hold on. Oh, I got man. one more quick question. Right. Go ahead, Gigi. Go one more quick question. Because the environmental factor was really big for me, too. And the fact that um, Lisa said it was, what, 55 acres of green space that they're offering, right? Yes. Um, now, the fact that taxpayers do not have to foot the, bull, foot the bill on this is great. Now, the maintenance on the greens and the parks, is that something that's already in place to be taken care of for the duration or the lifespan of the casino? That's us, yes. We, that's our, we own that. Okay, so there was... Private. Yeah, Pro completely. This okay. is a private. Yeah, this is a private project. Okay. Okay. No. You, rap, so rapid fire questions. Something right? You're saying, hey, what? The, what if the city wants to get it from us or something? It's it's private. Okay. No, I'm like, what if it like it's a? I didn't know if it was like a clause or like a ten year thing. Well, we'll maintain uh, the maintenance for ten years, but then the city part. has to. Yeah, be so the city wouldn't yeah, have to maintain the private part. part. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. okay. I got I, I got some rapid fires that I want to ask from from. Uh, listeners of the show and we want to welcome everyone back and make sure you go to the cheat movement podcast network.com and sign up please we've got a lot of shows coming um you'd mentioned some, some minority contracting requirements lisa you'd also mentioned um some uh you know some some give back is there any give back uh for education we understand that rich rps is always struggling in that sense of funding um, right. Is there is there anything that we know of that would be a commitment to public education in Richmond? Yeah, yeah, there's some public commitment. Let me give you those dollars because I know you know that we've committed $16 million to over the first 10 years for, you know, Community One, um, six million of which is designed to support, you know, research and that type of thing. But in addition to that, the Richmond Public Schools Education Foundation will benefit from um, Richmond, will benefit the students of Richmond Public Schools by giving them uh, the amount of $30,000 annually for, I think it's like a total of $150,000 over and above what the city receives in funding that we, that we P2E has committed to do that. Okay. So, you know, so we've committed to do that. But in addition to that, you know, the first, the initial payment to the city um, will be $27 million. And I think um, Alan mentioned that a few minutes ago, like, you know, what do they do with it? That is that is at the city's, the city has the ability to, to do with that and can allocate that however it, it would like to. But we're looking at a total, like if we're, we're looking at a total community benefits, I think additional city uh, revenues that grand total over 512 million. Okay, this is this is rapid fire. So I'm going to go to Alan. Do not address the previous. That's over question. ten years, right? For the first ten years, right? Okay. Uh, this is a new question, but it's a rapid fire question, Alan. Um, just 
Richmond has a history, if you will, a recent history of community advocates having issues, if you will, with big projects, whether it's uh, Navy Hill for a particular reason, training camp for a particular reason, uh, whatever the downtown Chaco Bottom Stadium was. It seems like advocates now, there's a lot of community advocates that have a problem with one casino. I'm not asking about the opposition. I'm asking how do what what are some examples or things that can be done that you feel should be done better? It, because I've heard like, oh, there's better ways for economic development. But I've also heard the argument that Southside been the Southside since the beginning of time. And now this is something that's going to help them. What what what? can be done what would you like to see being built developed in a way that that generates prosperity in a way that we feel people wouldn't be opposed to or community advocates wouldn't be opposed to sure i mean i think i think a lot of this concern is that it, it wasn't an idea that came out of richmond right it was something that kind of was imposed on richmond um uh and and so i think there are some things that you can do uh that i think would be better right now Richmond is, is kind of known as the drive-through city. There have been a lot of plans to try to make it a drive-to city. And we're more so concerned about what does it mean for it to be a walk-through city? And what does it mean if we, if we, make, uh, if we close off Carytown and we make it more of a walk-through uh, destination? What would it mean if we even took, uh, if we took the casino out, right? And we wanted to do the, we wanted to do, uh, the resort. And you know, part of the Richmond 300 plan is that people want more of a small area music venue that can have different local places uh, in there and we can connect that and actually rede redevelop what our downtown um, uh, looks like that's a little bit more equitably funded. Um, and so there are ideas that we've been having. A lot of this too also has to deal with, again, in the decisions that we make. Uh, for example, we, we've been building what, the last five years, a new General, General Assembly building, right? Where was the passion there for black contractors or things that are right within our city, right? So I think a lot of this has to do with, let's not, you know, as the kids say, keep that same energy when there are other projects that we could be very aggressive on who we're including and incorporating in, and not just when it is to kind of make people feel better about some a, a parts of a project that they feel a little icky about, right? So I think there are lots of ideas um, that are that are there, uh, but the problem is when you keep having these shiny projects that kind of come from other people outside of the city. The ideas that the city are excited about and feel like more of a better fit for Richmond never really get that uh, attention and plans for development and the support of your economic development uh, parts of the city as well. And so um, there there are lots of ideas out there, and some of that has to do again with allocation, right? Um, the police are funded 99 times higher than the Office of Minority Business Development, right? If we were able to allocate how we do in our city to people who are doing this, you know, we're going to have to think about that. And we're also going to have to think about what does that mean for our local? What does that mean for the spot recording studio? What does that mean for Defiant Studios? What does it mean for some of our other lo local Richmond studios when you have a big uh, Titan like Urban One coming in and that becomes the spot where people go to record, right? So we have to think about not just what not doing this would mean for black businesses, but what would that mean for black businesses who are currently in that market who may not be connected to this project? That's a perfect segue because my next rapid fire question is really, um, I have heard folks um, that, that even are supportive of the casino have, have concerns about um, does this make Richmond uh, even a bigger kind of haven for gentrification 
for squeezing out local businesses as opposed to partnering with local businesses. Somebody said in my comments, they, they like the idea of a casino, but they don't want um, Southside to turn into like a Northern Virginia type place. Is there any, um, is there any thought to, you know, kind of part, not squeezing out local businesses, fear of gentrification, if everything goes forward with a casino? Mm -hmm. Well, well, I think we've already done a little bit of that and there's more of that to be, to, to come, you know, forward, but we partnered with, our goal was to create opportunities for local restaurateurs to be able to put local restaurants, local businesses, local shops into, into the casino so that, you know, there would be that, that high, you know, engagement amongst local businesses you know the 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 aspirations and i think what we see with this project is you know he said a drive a drive through destination we definitely want richmond to continue to be a drive to destination because it really is you know we've got great food we've got you know pre-pandemic we had you know great local things happening um that we want to be a host for so, so think about the the concerts that we we don't have a place anymore to hold. You know, think about the the conventions that you know for our, our local organizations they now have more places and more options to host those. You know, we would want to bring in local local talent, local artists, local folks that want to be involved in this project. The door is open for that if you know once this referendum passes. The, this is this is the initial phases like I you know I can just share like the the things that we have developed but the operation the overall engagement piece and the component and the commitment to the community is this is just the beginning that's just the beginning and Alan oh okay no 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 I, I no I appreciate the answer Alan I'm going to give you the last last word on this uh, in regards to um I think, I think again, I love this discussion. And if it's any comments, if there's any indication from what I'm already seeing in my DMs and my comments, I think a lot of people needed this part of the of the conversation so they can start to understand both sides uh, of this conversation, debate, discussion. Um, obviously, there's a referendum. If you live in the city of Richmond, you will be able to vote on this referendum. If you are like me, you know, Richmond's favorite Henrico resident, uh, I, 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 and, who's, and who's already over, who's, who's already no. early voted, who's already early voted, I did not have this referendum question on my, is, my ballot. Right. So, right. so I, I think this is a really important um, conversation for us to have. I thank you both. Alan, I will give you the last word quickly, sure. a quick last sure. word. Um, Matter of fact, I'll give you both of you the last word. Um, so quickly, Alan and Lisa, tell us the last words on your uh, on sure. your. Sure. I mean, if anyone's more day. interested in the research that I did, you can go to bit.ly slash rigged casino and you can see the research that I've done. Um, I know that Lisa just said that this is just the beginning. And, and, and I think we need to also think about uh, the other side of that, of what else this casino can become when we when we talk about uh, Internet gambling, when we think about more invasive uh, uh, ads and luring people into this uh, kind of exploitative industry. Uh, there's 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 a lot to be said about what else this can develop. We also have to think about the trajectory, because, you know, we talk. You, 
when you pay attention to things such as can be used, and you think about 500 over the first 10 years, and we look at the longitudinal data on what happens with casinos as their revenues decrease and not able to meet those, a lot of things, a common thing that people do is that they begin to negotiate to the city for a reduction in their property taxes, right, which then ends up now, maybe not up front, but over the life of the casino, it starts to be something that the, that the city actually has to pay to keep up the difference for. And I know that we are feel good about, you know, maybe one casino when we have, you know, a black mayor and some people that we love on city council. But as gentrification happens and as this thing changes, also know that the people who are overseeing this over the long term or even by the time that it's built may not be the familiar people uh, that you see in the commercial that you feel good about who are elected, we might be dealing with a different system. And so when we talk about this is the beginning, track the developments of what happens when casinos come to communities and um, do your due diligence. Lisa, last word. Jobs, economic development, community engagement. Those are, those are, those are the three things that I want folks to keep at the forefront as they enter into, if you've not voted, I wanna encourage you to go ahead and vote now, flip the ballot over, it's on the back. Um, you know, but what I want to say is that the economic opportunities and the revenue that it will be bringing into the city of Richmond and a project that requires no investment, no monies from taxpayers, no taxpayer dollars, that this is one of those opportunities that Richmond will benefit from. I, you know, I've heard the comments about, oh, we're, you know, maybe the jobs are not what they are. The jobs are what they are. Um, you know, the revenue is what it is. Uh, this, this is overseen with any, you know, by, by the lottery board. This will be heavily regulated. We are not the only, you know, entity coming into Virginia. So the lottery board will oversee this. Um, I just want folks to, to walk away understanding and researching. They can check us out at onecasinoresort.com and um, check out the website. If they have questions, folks can reach me. I'm on all social media if they have questions. But the focus of this is being able to provide uh, avenue for revenue to improve schools, to improve infrastructure, to improve the city that the city does not have to contribute to. So I just want and, and a community. We're going to leave it there. Lisa, thank you. Alan, thank you. I thank appreciate you. it. I appreciate you tremendously. Um, this was a wonderful discussion, and we'll uh, try to keep this thing going on the return. GG Broadway of the Cheats Movement podcast. So thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Alan. We really appreciate Bye, it. Bye. Peace. GG, we're going to do something really special real quick. Uh, because we have a third member of our team that we haven't really bought in just yet. I don't know if Joshua's still there. Joshua, if you're there, come on the screen real quick, brother. Uh, we've come up in the world. We got a producer now. <laughs> hey, we lit. Hey, hey. <laughs> we hey. got a we got a producer uh, for our show, man. I'm excited um, to have Joshua. Joshua, welcome to uh, the Chiefs Movement Podcast and and the and the craziness that is, man. We're we, we, we're Grateful to have you, brother. Hey, I'm I'm very excited. This was this was great um, to experience and to watch you guys do your thing, and I'm ready to help you guys any way I can. Man, I'm excited. So, look, we got a whole network coming online. GG, we got shows. Lord knows, I don't know what GG's developing, but we got shows that uh, that. If you look at the landing page now, and you'll see some of them. There'll be more shows that are announced. We're very excited about that. 
just to put a bow on this conversation about the casino, I think I got two points. I don't know if they're points of contention or points of 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 personal privilege, um, because you know I hear a lot about both sides: people that are for the casino and people that are against the casino. And we and, and we're in the backdrop of Richmond, and everything in Richmond centers around race. Um, there's a lot of obviously racial history. There's a lot of racial tension. A lot of that race debate and divide is black and white race. We understand that. Um, one of the things that I've heard over and over is this is going to be good for black and brown people. This is going to be horrible for black and brown people. And one of the things that really that I would say that kind of bothers me a little bit, and I haven't been able to really 100 percent wrap my, my mind around it. Because I've seen people, black and brown people for the project and people that are black and brown people against the project. And the interesting thing that, I, that I've seen that really disturbs me is if you are against the project, I hear a lot of folks say you're against the uplifting and advancement of black and brown people. Yeah, I hate that. I... And in and, and, and Richmond, or you're against the advancement of Southside. Or you're against, like, if you're against this project, you're against all of these things that would be benefiting black and brown people. And to that, I, I, I have a little bit of disturb because again, we just saw our friend Alan, we just saw our friend Lisa, neither one of them, both of them are black and brown people. And, they, and like I said, they have valid points on, on, on every side of this. So the idea that you can be opposed to this project does not necessarily mean that you are against all the upliftment of black and brown people. And I see that all the time. The other thing, and, and, it, and it's frustrating. Trust me, it is frustrating uh, because yeah. it's not. I think it's factually inaccurate. Um, and I've heard people use that line of argument, like, "Well, you're saying no to, you know, the this advancement of black and brown people," and it's like, "Nah," or you know what I'm saying? Like, I hear that argument on both sides. The other thing I would quickly say, and I'm going to let you let you have the last word on it, GG, is that no matter how this boils down to me this is about money. This isn't about anything. Like I understand all the ancillary benefits, but this is a privately funded entrepreneurial business vesture that they have in order for this to work. Everybody has to make money. Now, can the money that we make help other things lift other boats? I hope so. But the bottom line is when you're talking about, it's about this, it's about that. It's about, this is a business decision about money. And we have a lot of business decisions in Richmond about money. So if this is going to be a business decision that helps the community, that's one thing. I'm, I'm trying not to say one way or the other, but a lot of the folks is like, oh, this is about this, this is about this, this is about, this is about a business development money <laughs> situation. And I think a lot of the other stuff kind of falls by the wayside. Like, you can you can talk that stuff up, but the idea is this is a business deal. It's about money, and no matter what side you're on, you know certain people are going to vilify you. But a lot of that, a lot of those arguments are noise. It's noise right. arguments, um, yeah. and it doesn't necessarily mean one way or the other that you're for black and brown people, you're against black and brown people, you're for South Side, you're against South. like a lot of that stuff is. Um, yeah, I think you got to decipher it on your own, but that's the way I, I'm kind of summing it up. Now, 
last thing, and I'll uh, again, I'm sorry, I'll keep going, but last thing I'll say because it's such an important topic is, you know, if it passes and it's built, I'm probably gonna go. <laughs> oh, it ain't no probably. You you in the spot? Like, you gonna be in the building? <laughs> I was, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm looking at this stuff, like, like, I, I you know, I I, I always want to be as um, open. To the to entertainment as possible because I love entertainment. I mean, I mean, we started the whole blog on writing about music. If they bring uh, an entertainment venture that fits that mold, I want to feel like I can't go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I I think there's a lot of people on it. Like, it's still, I don't know if I'm morally there. I'm not. I don't know if I'm morally there, but I also know like, I, like it. I'm gonna. But I I know I'm gonna probably go. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? They laying, they laying that show that I need or we can work. I mean, so it's like, you know what I'm saying? I might not be morally there on a, a bunch of things, but I yeah. find a way to make it work. <laughs> so it's one way or the other, man. I don't know, Gigi. What's your last thoughts, Gigi? I thought this was a great show, though. Oh, this was amazing. I loved it. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, especially one that really cares about the community, you know, you kind of learn to assess everything as an asset or a liability, right? Now, in regards to, you know, uh, overall spectrum, I, I'm, I'm still kind of torn. I, I, I feel like walking away, I still have some reservations, strong reservations. And See, I, I think feel like that, I'm more there than you are. Really? Like, I feel like, when, well, I don't know now. When we went into it, I was like, I'm probably more there than Gigi because Gigi went in saying, I don't know. And I felt like yeah. I was more like, you know, I was probably more there because, again, I don't want to be the dude that can't go to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you just want to be in the building and, and oh, not and feel good about it. Man, right? I'm telling nah. you, bro, if they bring nah. like AEW, WWE, like what I'm going to do? I'm going to pass it up? I don't know, man. I, I And you know, know Alan made a good point because I, I, you know. Alan made great you know, points. Alan made great points. Let me tell you, that sound studio sounds amazing. I mean, she almost had me right there, you know, I in know, the studio. I know, it's difficult, man. I, I, think, I think they all make great points. All right, Gigi, last but, words. But, you know, defiant, you know, despite, when he said, you know, he started making me think about, you know, what's here, what's established in regards to, you know, the financial contributions to, like, the Black communities and things like that. And you made a good point because a lot of people get villainized for being you know, a bit skeptical about things like this, but I think it's the opposite. I think it's not a lack um, of regard or, you know, care for the black community. I think if anything, it's a more, it's just a more vibe that you you care a little bit. I'm not gonna say too much, but you care to the point where you're thinking of everything and the detriment that it can cause. So I think, you know, people who, you know, take the opposition route, it, you know, gets a bad rap, but at the end of the day, uh, it's either going to be a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. I don't know. I'm still torn, man. I'm still torn. Well, I'll tell you what. Both Lisa and Alan, I think, were really, really good examples to kick off uh, discussion on this topic. Like I said, the 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 vote is sooner than we think uh, in regards to Election Day is right around the corner. Please follow both of those individuals. Check in with them. DM them. Talk to them because they are well, much more well-versed than uh than you or i on the topic you know what i mean so um yeah. i hope that everybody does that i hope that they get the information they need and make the decision that they feel is um 100 you know in line with what their their values and their beliefs are um with that said we're gonna wrap this show gg broadway does it feel good to be back yeah right yeah it feels great 
feels great. Uh, no, I, it feels phenomenal to be back. Uh, I appreciate everyone. We're going to leave this up on the feed. Um, we're going to try to make this into a podcast that we can upload uh, fairly soon. But in the meantime, as always, the Cheats Movement Podcast Network, please put in your email. Last thing, thanks to Alan. Thanks to Lisa. Joshua, welcome aboard. Gigi Broadway. They said it couldn't be done, but we did. <laughs> We're back. All right, y'all, everybody. Until next time, we see it. All right. The live stream is stopped.